Circumpolar Waves, an ICC podcast. I'm speaking with Monica El Kanayuk, President of ICC Canada, elected in July 2019, the day before the Inuit Circumpolar General Assembly. Previously in 2011, Monica was an elected member of the Nunavut Legislative Assembly. She served as a minister in numerous portfolios, including family services, homelessness, status of women, health, economic development and transportation, and deputy premier. Monica's career includes working for 18 years at the CBC in Iqaluit. She was the director of programming at the Inuit Broadcasting Corporation. And for eight years, Monica owned and operated her own small business called Arctic Creations, employing over a dozen Inuit women full and part-time to sell products for sale at her retail store. She won the Baffin Chamber of Commerce Business of the Year Award in 1996. Welcome, Monica. Thank you, Selma. Uh, Monica, can you talk about your road to becoming president of ICC Canada, building on your experience at the CBC with a private business and as an elected politician in the government of Nunavut? I worked many years, 18 years at CBC here in Nakaluit on various um, employment. And the last five years of um, CBC was with as a senior announcer operator doing newscasts and things like that. And that led me to um, thinking to open and operate a small business, a cottage type industry because my husband's a hunter and he was catching lots of seals and other animals. And um, the seal is a byproduct. We use the skin to make clothing and whatnot. And I've always made some sewing projects and it is a bit of a hobby. So I decided that maybe I can turn that into a business. And I was in business for about seven years and that was very rewarding. Unfortunately, it's also a very high cost of uh, doing business in in the Arctic. And with that, I, I was asked if I wanted to run as an MLA. So I never really thought of being politics until I was asked that question. Then I decided, okay, I think we'll see what happens. If I don't get in, I don't get in, you know, and then I decided I would try that. And uh, lo and behold, I got in in a by-election and I was a MLA for about um, six years. That was also very rewarding. I held a number of portfolios when a ministry became available and I got in. You know, as you mentioned, health, um, family services and others, economic development as well. When I didn't get in again after the last election, the ICC Canada position of president was uh, being talked about and there was um, going to be a general assembly at Okeavik in uh, Alaska and I figured maybe I'll try that and see what happens because you know um, all the positions I've held in the past have made me realize that we do need a standard of living and access to infrastructure for Inuit in across the north, as well as the health and wellness that impacts our families, the importance of our Arctic environment and connection to Inuit. 
that we have on the land, the ocean and the ice. And I thought, what a great opportunity if I were to get that successfully. So I was very happy with the outcome. And now I'm serving the next four years from that day to sit here as president of ICC. And I can work on issues that are near and dear to me that have an impact in the Arctic through a lot of the activities that happen in the Arctic so that we can also have um, the voice of Inuit internationally. Um, can you talk about the Utkiavik Declaration that was signed at the 2018 ICC General Assembly and what the declaration means to you? Yes, uh, the Utkiavik Declaration is a very valuable instrument for guiding ICC's work on shared priorities and monitoring ongoing issues that uh, we have to work on since 2018 for the four-year term. And in the Ukhavik Declaration, there are 58 articles. Each are very important and were developed by the people, the delegation that went to the 13th General Assembly, which was in Ukhavik. Alaska, so that they adopted unanimously the delegates there. The um, General Assembly's theme was Inuit, the Arctic we want. Inuit Nunat is our homeland, and this document speaks to the vision Inuit have in our, for our future. Equity in health and wellness, as I mentioned, caring for our youth, protecting our environment, building on our Arctic economies and communicating with each other. And there's so much that is uh, in that declaration, 58 articles is a lot. And we divided amongst the Arctic participants, which is Alaska, uh, Canada, Greenland, and Chicago. So it, it's been very interesting. <laughs> Nala talk to tip in sila jamu katima yingi karasayeku unikami. Very soon after you were elected president of ICC Canada, you were traveling to represent Inuit at international venues. You've attended senior Arctic officials meetings and the Arctic Council Ministerial in 2019. How is ICC making an impact at the Arctic Council? And what has ICC accomplished over the years? ICC is making a difference by lobbying for Inuit. And if ICC wasn't there, Inuit wouldn't have a voice on matters that impact Inuit Nunat. At the Arctic Council, there are eight Arctic states but there are also observers, nations that call themselves near Arctic states like Singapore, China, the United Kingdom, Germany, and others. And the non-government organizations and industry organizations, it's a big um, council and they deal with Arctic issues. And it's hard to have a voice when there are so many non-Arctic voices deciding the fate of our homeland. Inuit have a great deal to share with the world on how to live in the Arctic, how to treat the environment and respect the environment and also respect the wildlife. And the former ICC Canada president, um, 
Sheila Wakuchi, who's amazing, once said, save the Arctic, save the world. Inuit knowledge is a valuable knowledge system that helps guide us and can inform others. ICC began pushing for a Pan-Arctic organization that would include indigenous peoples along before the council was created. It was Mary Simon, another great ICC Canada president, and also she served as ICC chair, who was the spirit and energy that brought the permanent participants to the table in the 1996 Ottawa Declaration. The Ottawa Declaration is something that the members always go back to. And Canada and all Inuit should be very proud of this. We were one of the initial three permanent participants that came to the table with eight Arctic states in 1991, Arctic Environmental Protection Strategy. The forerunner of the Arctic Council, which was founded in 1996, coincidentally the year I was also getting that award uh, while in business. CC's work at the Arctic Council is guided by the declarations developed every two years and uh, examples of where ICC has made an enormous difference are in the Council's contaminants work. ICC and other permanent participants played an important role in the negotiation of the Stockholm POPs Convention, which bans a number of toxic chemicals that made their way into our environment and threatened our food supplies. And there's so much that ICC has done in the international level. And the other topic that's being discussed and worked on is that the Arctic Council, which I sit as chair, the Sustainable Development Working Group, also referred to as SDWG, that's under the Arctic Council. And we've pursued work on suicide prevention and mental illness and under the Finnish chairmanship which just ended was 2017 to 2019. SDWG fostered an initiative called Project Creates. It stands for Circumpolar Resilience, Engagement and Action through Storytelling. This was a huge success, which ICC was a part of. And now in the next um, Finnish chairmanship, which is just starting now, the project creates having been a hallmark of the Arctic Council and considered a great success. We are now working under the new ministry and we are now approved for a new project under that same uh, concept, but this one is now called um, Local to Global which yep. also deal with suicide prevention and things like that. So I think um, we've done a lot, but facing this new threat, COVID-19, we're now again uh, facing a role in that where Inuit Nunat communities throughout, having had an impact on the way we do things, we're now involved in another project under that um, file. <laughs> You're listening to Unitka, Circumpolar Waves.
You also traveled to New York City to attend the United Nations Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues, and you spoke on behalf of the Arctic peoples, which includes the Sami. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Yes, I think um, that was the UNF2, and uh, it's very valuable to have a global Indigenous voice. I did a speech you're allowed three minutes at a setting like this, and that setting is huge. Uh, lots of people from all over the world go there. And my speech was on indigenous knowledge, and I was trying to relay how important that knowledge is to be a part of anything that is uh, being done in the Arctic, and we really need to have a, a voice in there. And Aloki Kuchuk, the president of NTI, also spoke in that same venue in under another topic, and she spoke on language and education, and that was a, a very unique experience to be part of an organization like that. So we were able to be part of that. And your question on how we collaborate with the Sami under that, at the United Nations Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues, there are eight Indigenous nominated members, and one of eight members in the Arctic Europe region represented by Inuit and Sami, and then ICC and the Sami Council, we share a seat and we rotate every four years. So that was our um, turn to make a presentation that time. The Sami Council is now holding, uh, currently holding the seat until 2021. And this allows us to collaborate with our Sami brothers and sisters and ensures that our voices are heard on issues important to all of us in that live in the circumpolar Arctic, which includes us Inuit and the Sami. Uh, so Canada appointed a new Minister of Northern Affairs. What do you think of the new ministry uh, uniquely for the Arctic? I think this is progress because it's the first time we've had had a minister who is solely responsible for Northern Affairs. And combined with the government's commitment to the committee uh, that uh, we are able to sit with ministers is called ICPC. And it's um, a great process in dealing with issues within Inuit Nunangat policy space and the four land claims uh, Inuit in our Inuit regions sit there as well. And we hope that this will enhance Inuit with the ability to deal with some of the long-standing inequities that plague our communities. So those land claims include Makivik, Nunavutungavik, Inuvialuit, and Nunatsiavut government. So those are the people that sit there with with us and Pauktutit and the Inuit Youth Council, along with uh, sometimes our um, prime minister and, and and his ministers of government. Mm -hmm. However, the real test will be when the current emergency ends and we will be making sure that the government keeps to its promise and that Inuit issues will remain front and center, both in Canada and in the circumpolar realm. So ICC will keep the pressure on and continue to offer advice and solutions. 
this government was re-elected with a minority. It appears they will have the ability to manage with legislation by working with the other political parties. Once the coronavirus clears, what would you see as the major issues to engage with for ICC Canada? Yeah, what we were working at before this pandemic started are implementation of the new Arctic and Northern Forum policy, so that will continue. And ICC co-developed and helped draft that international chapter, and we will be expecting that to be part of the discussions on implementing and financing. We also are working with the regions and our colleagues in other parts of Inuit Nunat to ensure that Indigenous knowledge is included in the research program of the Central Arctic Ocean Agreement. And this is vital to Inuit because the Arctic is a single ecosystem and we are an important part of it. I would also say that getting the Arctic Council to coherent and concrete steps in how to de it deals with Indigenous knowledge is a priority for all ICC offices. And uh, what's your feeling on how Canada is taking the Northern reality into consideration when it comes to providing relief programs to people and businesses during this pandemic? The pandemic has exposed a lot of gaps in infrastructure. We knew they were there. Crowded housing, lack of running water, proper sanitation services, fragile food supply chains, the lack of decent connection to the internet, inadequate health facilities, and so on. So now is the time to address these issues, and we look at how to emerge from this economic that has put so many people out of work. And this is also an opportunity for Canada and other Arctic Council states to look at how quickly responses across the Indigenous Arctic can happen, especially in Inuit Nunat that help prevent the worst from happening. Inuit are ready to share their knowledge, their experience, and help create a more resilient Arctic for all of us. Um, so we've covered some key topics. Is there anything else you would like to add that we haven't discussed? I think uh, you've covered a lot. We're just um, working from home and trying to deal with this pandemic issue and hoping that things will start going back to normal and that maybe we can eventually have um, a voice that we can um, pursue these important issues non-virtually and that we could actually have meetings face-to-face -face sometime soon down the road. And I would say we just have to have the patience and the resilience which Inuit always have had and then um, we'll be, we are strong together and that's how, how, how we are. Thank you. Nakumik Monica Elkanayuk, President of Inuit Circumpolar Council, Canada. We hope you enjoyed listening to Unika Circumpolar Waves, an ICC podcast.